Business in the Okanagan Matters. This is Law Talk with lawyers Clay Williams and Tanvir Gill from FH&P Lawyers, LLP. They talk business and take your questions at podcast at fhplawyers.com. Now, here's Clay Williams. Welcome to another edition of FH&P's Business Law Podcast. And with me is Tanvir. As usual. Well, as usual, but you, you worked <laughs> with me it. last time, and uh, so it's welcome to have you back. Thank and you. So for our listeners, I did try and channel Tanvir and asked uh, our <laughs> guest last time. My key question. A, you know, a, a key question, a personal question. So uh, so welcome back. Thanks. I was driving back from Penticton that day. It was the same day that we had that crazy storm. Oh, wow. All the power was out. All of our real estate files were going sideways. The banks had their systems down, like clients trying to deposit money. The banks weren't processing the money. So out of the four files I had closing that day, three went sideways. So I had to miss the podcast, which went national. So I'm kind of upset about that. Yes, that's right. It's our, our first national podcast. So, uh, and you weren't on it. No. So I'm famous. You're kind of semi-famous. I'm just the you're plus kind of, one. You know, you're, you're kind of like part of the entourage. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I'm just here for the photos. <laughs> okay, well... Okay, so today we're going to talk about uh, current events and, uh, you know, uh, I think starting the show that way was a good way to start. Uh, you know, you're, you do a lot of real estate. We've been getting all these natural disasters lately and uh, so what happens then? You know, like uh, on that day we lost power, we lost yeah. uh, the ability to communicate. Uh, yeah. So what, what happens to a real estate deal that's supposed to close? Mm, I mean, generally the nice thing about the Okanagan and the way it is in Kelowna and Penticton is generally we're able to get and give extensions quite easily when and if there is a situation where we're not able to close or the bank didn't fund prior to four and now we don't have like money's on the way but we aren't able to close that day and we need an extra day lawyers in town are generally really good about giving extensions Today, I might need to ask for an extension. Tomorrow, I might need to be giving an extension. So it's not the end of a deal or it's not really collapsing because we need an extra day. So out of the four files I had that day, two just extended to the next day. And on one of them, it was a notary on the other side. They were like, we have to close shop. They're like, we don't have any power. Our computers aren't working. Our systems are crashing. Phones aren't working. So we give you an extension. Can we just please close tomorrow? And so that was fine. But um, it was workable. So, so part of it is sounds like it's the collegiality oh, yeah. of the of the bar, and uh, yeah. so and and that's good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good market to be in. Then you know, you you certainly hear stories of other markets where lawyers are, are, are not mm-hmm. getting along as well. Now, I, I know in, in a contractor purchase and sale that it's usual to have the closing date one day and the possession date the day after or after. And, mm-hmm. and I, I take it that's that's probably the rationale there is to give your, yourself an, an extra day. Mm-hmm. Yep, generally what you're doing is you're leaving. If possession is the next day, then that's fine. The possession doesn't change. Adjustment doesn't change because then we'd have to change the statements of adjustment. It's just completion that's just extended to the next day. So it doesn't change too much there. Some people will ask for early possession. I haven't done that as much. Um, There's more complexity to that. There's insurance risks. There's closing risks. The other side might not be willing to provide possession without having money. So there's a lot more factors to consider in terms of early possession. For that day, it was an extension of closing, an, an extension of the completion date itself, not a change to the adjustment or possession. 
Okay, so so we had this big storm in the Okanagan, and for the most part, we did okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, we lost power for a while. We lost the ability to communicate for a while. But it seemed, for the most part, we were able to to get back to work the next day. Mm -hmm. Now, now what about for situations like occurred in Merritt or Princeton, Mm -hmm. where you just aren't able to do business? Yeah, and and not just for a day. As I understand it, it's common practice now in a real estate contract mm-hmm. for there to be a force majeure clause included in it. What is that and how does that operate? So the mo- most of the force majeure clauses we're seeing in the real estate contracts are giving you a 30 days, an automatic right to extend for a certain period of time if there's some type of natural disaster, act of God, right? They're meant for the, f- the most of the time we're putting them in there for fires or summer seasons. And now with winter rolling in, we're not seeing as much of the force majeure clauses anymore. So if that's not in there and something like a fire takes your house down or a flood has carried it away, it's the house is at the risk of the seller up until completion. So whatever is happening to the house, if there's no force majeure clause, you don't have the right to extend or whatever it is, the damage is at the seller's risk because it's still insured by the seller up until completion. The sad thing is about merit also, which I didn't even realize that with where we saw a lot of that flooding and my in-laws are from Merritt. So I've been oh. there so many times and it's just so sad to see how bad it's been flooded out and damaged. But were your in-laws affected? No, they weren't. Oh, Luckily wow. they have a restaurant downtown that was not touched and they have a house which is quite high up on a hill. So that was way far away. But a lot of those houses that were totally just damaged and right in the sort of path of the flooding they don't have insurance to cover that specific damage because it was just known that your house is in a floodplain so once they had once they got insurance over their house bound it had an exclusion to flooding so all these houses are the mass majority of these houses that have now flooding damage or their house is just totally destructed and gone they don't have insurance coverage yeah, I'd read about that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's you have to be careful with insurance policies. Even like there was my father-in-law had, um, what happened? There was like water damage in their restaurant and their insurance policy right away. The provider said, we don't cover that. And I was like, no, that's impossible. I was like, give me your policy, like the full policy, your binder. And we, I went through the binder, emailed the insurance company and then they didn't respond to me. And then three days later, they're like, okay, we're covering. <laughs> come on this is ridiculous I was like there's no way you don't have coverage for that that's literally a pipe from the bathroom burst and water flooded the restaurant for three days and they didn't realize over the weekend or whatever closure they had and there you go. They had to replace the floors and everything. Well, well, and that's a large portion of, of our practice here yeah. is, is dealing with uh, insurance. with insurance denials yeah. and not just uh, property losses, but also disability and, and life insurance mm-hmm. denials as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so a force majeure clause may help to keep a contract alive uh, in the face of a natural disaster. You know, I, I do less real estate than you, but I, I see these in contracts usually now. Mm-hmm. I But you're telling me you don't see, I see them sometimes? It, I see it pick up for summer for sure because yeah. realtors know that the fires are coming so they're putting in the the standard 30-day automatic 30-day extension if there's something like a fire um, but now no I'm not seeing them as much anymore well and, and it's not just a river running down the main road 
it's also the inability to get insurance. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I know that uh, as a condition of getting a mortgage, the mortgage company is going to require proof that a purchaser's got insurance coverage. And you probably know the rules better than me, but I know that that an insurance company gets very concerned when there's a fire in the area. And they just stop issuing insurance policies. They won't bind your insurance if there's a fire typically within 25 kilometers. And if it's a commercial policy that you're looking for, then it's like 50 to 100 or something ridiculous. Much harder for commercial. And so so there would be a situation where that force majeure clause might keep that real estate contract alive Alive. until the insurance company is satisfied that that fire isn't going to take down the uh, the house Mm -hmm. and and therefore um, eliminate their collateral under the mortgage. Yeah. Exactly. You know, another thing that I think that our listeners might be interested in is, you know, you you having this big real estate practice, uh, your practice just doesn't end, does it? You know, what happens when everybody else is off, you know, at the end of December? Uh, What happens to your practice? Um, it continues to <laughs> go on. There is no end. This is like, it's hard. Like this is usually the time where real estate slows down a bit, right? October, November is when we have a little bit of vacation time and we're able to kind of relax because from June to September long, everyone had urgency and they needed to get in the market. But this is last year, year and a half has been crazy. So now, yeah, real estate's a little bit slower, but now corporate stuff picks up, right? Everyone thinks that the year end is going to be their fiscal year end. And now it's just insane, mad rush to get all their corporate deals in. So we have asset purchases, share purchases, we have incorporations, people want us to get their incorporations ready for January 1st, and there is no slowing down. (laughs) I know from the asset purchase and share purchase sale point of view, the the end of the year is always busy, but you know, I I find it interesting that you're right. Historically, real estate deals settle down, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you'll be here on December 24th, I take it. Oh yeah. Oh, I had a real estate deal. They wanted to close on like the boxing day. So people are changing their deals to be on the days that our office is open because they're like, no, everybody else is closed. So you have to take this. <laughs> there's, it's hard. there's really not a lot of choices. Yeah, no, we get calls and people are like, come on, you can't just push this one through. And no, because pushing one file through means we have to have a conveyancer here. We have to have an accounting department. We need to have partners to sign checks. There's so much that goes into just pushing one deal through. So can't do that. So any other issues in the, the real estate, uh, any current event issues in the, in the real estate field? The only other thing that I can think of off the top of my head is that a few clients had said that they were concerned that the capital gains exemption was going to change. So I, we definitely had a few deals being pushed through ASAP just in case something was brought out and introduced by the government. I don't think, like as of today, I haven't heard anything, but I know from more than one client that it was sort of on the docket and they were concerned about it coming out. So they wanted to push through their sales as quick as they could. Okay, so you're talking about the capital gains exemption on your principal residence. So if you own your house for the years that you and I, and I can't remember and, all the rules. You have yeah. to live there yes, as your principal residence. Yeah, then yeah. you don't have to, to pay the capital gain on the addition in value. And, and that's been... They always say that's going to change. They always say it's going to change. I feel like every political hot potato. I mean, really, I mean, most people are counting on the value in their homes to retire. I mean, I I just think it would be a real 
a political nightmare for yeah. that to happen. So I, I sure hope it doesn't yeah. happen, but no. I, I haven't heard that. that no, I've heard I them talking about it. Yeah, but. and I think just even not in the residential, you know, home exemption, but just the lifetime capital gains exemption. So even people with a business interest looking for the capital gains exemption, they were concerned about it as well. And I think from what I understand, it every year it increases incrementally. So I think that it will go up a little bit this year again, but I don't think that there's any type of, you know, the, you're, you're no longer getting capital gains exemptions on your principal residence. Like I don't, that hasn't been taken away, but I think people are just concerned a about an increase, which there, there's always an increase, but then also the fact that maybe it was just going to be erased. Oh, I see. So, so on the business side mm-hmm, of it as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, let's, let's hope that doesn't happen that people put their, their blood, sweat and tears into their businesses, assuming that they're going to make some money on, on that and, and be able to retire. That would be a disaster. Oh yeah. And oh. it's people who are incorporating companies thinking, well, just, oh, I can be pay. a massive wipeout of oh, wealth. Yeah. So yeah. let's sure hope that the government doesn't do that. And people are realizing that they, it's not as simple as just incorporating a company to pay yourself from your holding company. Tax rules change for that as well. So simply getting a holding company doesn't do anything unless you have proper accountants. I love accountants. But unless you have proper accountants that are able to explain those rules to you, it's not as simple as just getting a holding company and paying yourself through that. It doesn't work like that. Okay, so it's another current event in the legal world. I, I just wanted to chat a little bit about what I'm seeing in the um, the employment law field. You, we're reading about how difficult it is to get and keep employees Mm -hmm. and what i've been seeing is it's really translating into uh, some bigger wrongful dismissal cases the reason for that is that uh, employers i've seen are reticent to apply progressive discipline they don't want to lose their employee Uh, but then when that employee does something they can't tolerate it anymore it makes it difficult to dismiss them for cause when you've really condoned uh, the the things that they've done and so you know just a a reminder I guess to to employers that uh, you know I know it's tough it's tough to get employees right now but boy you know yeah if you if you do condone some of the things that that your employees are doing well you know at the end of the day when you do terminate them there's uh, there may be some consequences i'm just seeing a rash mm-hmm. of wrongful dismissal cases lately yeah it's a plague of wrongful dismissal cases so mm. yeah i've heard that it's really difficult to find people to work generally i think so many people are still sitting on CERB, right because it's still continued so that group of workers or staff that would be paid for part-time work or you know don't have the capacity to take on full time now that they're sitting on the CERB it's sort of hard for you to get those people to go back to work what's the point for a lot of them thank you Justin Trudeau eh? that's just my opinion (laughs) (laughs) I can go on and on about this Yeah, it's true. I agree with you. I, I mean, it's my opinion, too, that we need to get people back to work. And yeah. uh, it's sure that the, the employment uh, law field is just skewed right now. And, yeah. And, and I wonder, even with Christmas coming up, like this is the time when the malls are flooded, shops are busy, but it's like people that are working in the mall, for example, are there enough people working? I don't think so. So it's just going to be a mess. And as Christmas gets busy. How right? are you going to keep buying all your shoes? Me? <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're down to two or three hundred. Most people I buy my shoes from are on commission, so they keep working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> uh, any current uh, legal issues you can think about uh, with respect to wills and estates? 
no legal issues off the top of my head but again it's the craziness of it the people are now starting to travel again it's winter people are getting sick it's colder and then all of a sudden people realize that they could go on vacation and die and they don't have their wills and estates put together so now people are like, I need this done by December. I'm going to Mexico. I need this done by December 7th because I'm leaving the country and I'm not coming back for three months. I'm going to be in Bali and I really need my will. <laughs> like now people realize that they oh, need it you know, done. Oh, that's a good point, you know, because people haven't been traveling. No. They haven't had, it hasn't been top of mind. No. And it, not just even a COVID thing. Every year, this is when like, yes, business gets busy. Corporate stuff gets busy. Real estate goes a little bit slower. And then wills and estates picks up because this is when we have like the snowbirds going, you know, exiting and going to Palm Springs or people just generally taking their vacation, taking time off. And then they realize, oh, I shouldn't leave without my will done at least. It's only two certainties is what they say, death and taxes. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, drove by, saw the Tree of Hope. Let's, uh, yeah. It uh, looks great. I, I did know that the Al Stober group put up a fundraiser, so they're matching up to $100,000 of donations. So donate, donate, donate. I don't know if it's over yet, so that's good. See, I'm charitable. Okay, well, there you go. Merry Christmas, Charitable Tanvir. Don't say Merry Christmas yet. It's too early for that. Okay. I can't hear it. <laughs> All right. Well, ho, ho, ho from me and bah humbug from Tanvir. Until next time. FHMP lawyers are rooted in community and ready to help. Send your business law questions to podcast at fhplawyers.com.